Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic. What is the significance of Jesus saying the blind leading the blind? Mm-hmm. One of those uh, old world idioms. It's an old world idiom and we're going to discuss it, talk about it, and uh, hopefully give some significance to it. You know, when you think about this statement, and the line, blind leading the blind leading the blind. I get my tang tongued up too. <laughs> I did. Uh, it as we look at this, I can't help but to look at today. I think he had today in mind. Yeah, when he wrote it. Yeah, it's I, always applicable. Yeah, I cannot help but to look at today, and uh, it's, it's a picture, literally, of of today's government or today's leaders. Absolutely. It's talking about leadership. It's talking about spiritual awareness. It's talking about salvation, people having the spiritual lights on versus people who are very confident in the world system and leading people in that direction. There's a whole lot in there. There's a lot in there. So we get to talk about it. And uh, But let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray your hand upon this hour. Give it us clarity of speech, clarity of thought. Father, and give all of us clarity of hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. <laughs> aging hippie preacher. <laughs> yeah, well, you're aging well, though, man. The gray, the gray. I'm 13 years ahead of you, man. You're almost caught up with me in the, <laughs> the, the white. Yeah. Well, how long have you been retired as a pastor? I don't know. Three, four years now. Yeah. On the road mostly. Yeah. COVID slowed it down. But hey, podcasting lets the world lets me go to the world. Dude, you have actually fallen in love with the ministry of podcasting. It's your fault. You started me. <laughs> I, I could be home retired just chilling and Johnny's got me all fired up. Dude, you couldn't survive home and chilling. That would drive and you insane. Dude, this is true. It's not a long drive. You know that. I, well, this, <laughs> you didn't let me finish my thought. <laughs> I finished it for you. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. That's where we're going to be in this passage is today. Matthew chapter chapter 15, verse 14, it says, Jesus, very specific, says, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now in that world, there was a lot more blindness than what we see in our world today, thankfully. Uh, Well, if you're talking spiritually speaking, yes. Well, I think even physically there was ex- more blind people because they didn't have the remedies for it. Well, okay, things. you're talking a physical, physical blindness. Physical blindness, yeah. yeah. And I think Jesus is talking here about spiritual blindness. Yeah, uh, because, and, and here's, listen, if you, boy, this is going to, you know, at, every time we have a podcast, we run this massive risk of offending. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the topics you choose, John. I don't choose them. I answer I know, questions that come along. All right. You um, avoid no controversy. I don't. I love that about you. <laughs> I pro- I would probably have more friends if I did. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So when we look at this and, and I'm telling you, I see, all right. The government today is blind. I think that's an understatement, but I'll go with it. I'll sign that. Just sign. There you go. Check. Boy, I'm trying to really grab my words on this one. And those who agree with the government are equally as blind. Who those okay, let me rephrase that. Those who trust the government are equal. This really broadens out. Say it better, man. Yeah. (laughs) This broadens out. Uh, Jesus is taking the physical thing that they saw in the physical world every day. There were blind people more than than now. And there were people that were helping the blind people. There's there's two types of people that I think helped those blind people, those that were just sincere, loving family members, neighbors, friends. They were really just wanted to help them. And then there were others who kind of had a little bit of an angle on it. Okay, right. I, I can use their blindness to exploit them. Yep, take advantage. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, there was some resources that could become available through the blind people uh, for those that, that led them. 
Uh, they, you know, it's kind of you, you can pay people to come and take care of your parents, or you can, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, there's people that benefit from others' uh, handicaps. Yeah, this is part of this story. This has got many tentacles. Is that uh, many it facets? Really, yeah. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah, well, so here's here's an interesting thing, and obviously, right here. Uh, and we're going to get into this, and, and I just kind of drug today into it. I probably shouldn't have, but since we're on it, I'm going to go with it. You know, when 9-11 happened, I was, I remember exactly where I was at, and uh, I never thought twice about it except for, oh, my goodness, we've been attacked by terrorists uh, that hate our country, and what are we going to do? And I was blind. Yeah, our emotions just take over. I was completely blind. Then I started paying attention to the news, and I went, hey, wait a minute. Uh, Pennsylvania, what's, what's um, the Shank, Shankville, Shanksville, PA. So I started looking, and all of a sudden questions start coming up. I'm looking at Shanksville, PA, and I'm going, there, do you realize there's no plane in Shanksville, PA? There's not even a picture ever, ever of any plane, any debris, no luggage, no people, no nothing. There is literally a smoking hole in the ground. That was all there was. And I looked at it and I said, wow, you know, never in the history of humanity, or should I say airplanes, has a plane landed and not left debris. Never. But yet there was no plane anywhere no debris anywhere. If you look at the pictures, all you're going to see is some trucks, some guys in white Tyvek suits, and uh, no cleanup equipment, no debris, no nothing. <clears throat> and then I looked at Pen the Pentagon, and I said, oh, my goodness, the Pentagon, there's no plane. There's no debris. There's no wing holes in the Pentagon building. If you look at the building, it's literally uh, a squared off, hole Section. yeah that's it there's no, there's no wing damage there's no plane there's no debris there's no nothing and it was at that moment and, and listen i've challenged people i've i've challenged people i give you a thousand dollars if you can show me a picture of debris in shanksville pa or a picture of a plane or the leftovers of the plane at the pentagon I'll give you $1,000. Even, listen, I give anyone out there that's listening to this $1,000 if you can produce a picture. So what you're doing is you're, you're talking about challenging the uh, mainstream uh, agenda and presentation. Yes. And uh, you're talking about critical thinking. You're talking about, I like to use this phrase, that which is divine or, or true has no fear of rational inquiry. Yes. The pieces of the puzzle always should fit together if it's the true narrative exactly the the, the, yeah. the true narrative will never change and then and then uh they my question was well hey you know what there's there's gas station cameras there's cameras all over that should have caught this plane coming into the pentagon mm -hmm. uh so let's pull the cameras down and let's look at that and uh, the FBI went around, collected all the cameras, destroyed all the data. So there's no cameras of anything hit, uh, coming through the air to hit the Pentagon. So then I went, okay, so there's no, there's no debris in Shanksville, PA. There's no plane at the Pentagon. And that's when I quit being blind. Mm -hmm. That's when all of a sudden I went, but, but then, <laughs> but then I became a, a conspiracy theorist. Right. So, I mean, I wasn't going to win no matter which way I went, but, but at least when I looked at it, I went, like you just said, okay, I did critical thinking, so on and so forth. What we're talking about here, obviously is spiritual as well as physical. And Jesus' whole point was that the blind lead the blind. And if you have uh, people who, uh, listen, there, will be, there are people who will fight you that a plane landed in Shanksville and that a plane hit the Pentagon yet there's no damage. I mean, there's no plane. Now there's damage to the building. And then if you look at pictures, they have pictures inside the Pentagon of a six foot round hole going through all the walls of the Pentagon. Hmm. Sounds like more like a missile than a plane. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then there's testimony of this lady driving and she uh, gave her testimony that she heard this loud whistle over her head. She looked up, she just saw this tube and then it went down and made a loud yeah. boom. And she thought it was a missile. And so all of a sudden I'm going, okay, 
I'm, I'm choosing not to be blind anymore because here we have the Pharisees, which were the political leaders of the day, and they were blinded about the truth of God because they didn't believe in God. And so therefore they thought it was all foolishness and they wanted their agenda fulfilled. So, which was to have power, absolute power. Mm-hmm. And so they were constantly deceiving the people. And, and I feel like, and listen, guys, I, I know I've already made it political, uh, but I'm trying to get my point across. I a, feel the, like the spiritual battle bleeds into the political. It absolutely They does. are completely controlled by the political. We desire to be completely controlled by the spiritual. Yes. And there is a past kind of a back and forth for us. They fight one another. Yeah. And uh, whenever we begin our critical thinking saying, okay, this is the, what you told us happened. This is how you uh, presented it uh, visually. And it really affects our emotion. Yes. It really affects our emotion. But then. Dude, I, I, I completely remember where I was, what I was doing. I remember that day. Oh, yeah. Me too. Like it was yesterday. Yeah, I do too. I was sitting at a pastor's conference that we were hosting the New York State Baptist Bible Fellowship uh, monthly uh, meeting in September. Uh, Jim Edge, the executive vice president of Boston Baptist College was uh, having a bagel and a cup of coffee with me when I got, we got our first word. I'll never forget it. We all remember where we were. And there's that initial narrative that we're given and we just, our emotions are affected. And sometimes our emotions affect us to where we're no longer able to do critical thinking. Right. And then, well, and, and, and here's the other thing too, is listen, I trusted my government up mm -hmm. to that point. Yeah. Me too. I really completely trusted them. Never in a million years would I have believed that they were a part of this. There's, there can be no corruption in the, in the uh, FBI. There can be no corruption in the CIA because we're, this is America. Right. And, and when, when you look at that, like you said, you remember the day the emotion gets in there all of a sudden it's like, man, my heart was racing. We're under attack. Uh, And, and there's a whole belief system that, that we were being attacked and then our government started doing all these things to quote unquote protect us. And what I found was everything that they did pr- to protect us was strip us away of our, of our freedoms. For I example, signed, I signed on to the Patriot Act immediately with all of my heart, not thinking of the ramifications uh, of it for the future. Right. And well, what, how about the TSA? The TSA, they put in the airports, right? Mm-hmm. And if you notice, they checked everybody except for Muslims. <laughs> they checked every, I mean, listen, they were checking two-year-old babies and they were checking 92-year-old women, but they were letting anybody of Muslim walk yeah. right on by. Yeah. It was a, a time when it was a huge event and the country just kind of came together emotionally for about 15 minutes. The <laughs> Senate and House came out and held hands and sang Kumbaya. And took about an hour and a half off before they went back uh, politically at each other's throats. But I think this is huge about the nature of spiritual battle. I think that's what Jesus was talking about. There's two major agendas going on in the world. You have the sincere, godly agenda, be kind to your enemy, love. Well, well, the, the sincere, godly agenda was what Jesus was doing, going around healing people, telling people the truth. And, and he was hated for it. He was it. hated for it. And then all the government leaders colluded together to stop the truth. And up to the time of Jesus, those different groups of Jews all hated Jesus. Absolutely. You have extremes. You have the extreme far right, the zealots. Uh, um, Barabbas was a zealot guilty of murder in the name of trying to deliver uh, Israel from Roman bondage through human might, not through the messianic deliverance, kind of taking matters into their own hands, kind of like the militias maybe of today on the, on the kind of on the far right side of things. Then you had on the far left side, the um, Herodians that kind of wanted to, you know, have the Jews suck up to the Romans. Right. And, hey, let's make the best of the situation. You know, right. They got some money, you know, and their food is pretty good too. You got to give them credit for that. And so let's just lay aside some of our Judaism. Let's just blend together with this compromise. Let's compromise. And it's so amazing to me that all the, there were seven different major Jewish groups and every one of them hated each other, but they all came together 
in rejection of Jesus mm-hmm. because he wouldn't buy into any of their programs. And, and they knew, and that's literally what it was. He wasn't buying into their programs. He wasn't giving them all uh, a free pass. He was holding them accountable. And then because he, because Jesus was holding the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these leaders accountable, they had to make him look like he was the fool, the liar, uh, and that he was misleading the people. So now they're going, literally, they are traveling to find him uh, in Jerusalem. They're going to attack him. And these are the very same people that were entrusted to teach truth. And then people would see Jesus, the commoners that didn't really know. They had a little bit of Bible under their belt. And the Pharisees, they looked up to them because those guys really know the Bible really well. And they could see that Jesus is hated by the Pharisees. He's hated, hated by the Sadducees. He's hated by the Zealots, the Herodians, the Eschens, uh, the scribes, and the and the lawyers. He he was hated by all of them. So how how could he be the Messiah? Everybody right. hates him. Everybody. And and what's crazy is if you stop and look, is everybody that's on the same side. Mm-hmm. And they should have looked and went, wait, wait a minute. These are all these ones that are. But they were blind. See, they thought there were seven sides. In reality, <laughs> it was just two. Like there's 74 genders when in reality yeah. there's two. All right. At any rate, so so what? Here's what's going on in this: is the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those that were that you mentioned, they were scared to death that Jesus was going to come and change their traditions or their ways that we'll use it because the Bible says traditions. If you look in Matthew 15 too, uh, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now on this is simple. They're not washing their hands before they eat. And that's all, that's making them dirty. And, uh, and, but the reality is it was more than that. And so they're coming along and all of a sudden now they're telling Jesus, you're trying to change and make it, make it your way, the godly way. We don't want that. We want to keep our corruption. And now they're going to do all they can to stop the goodness of God. Power was more important. We want to be in power. We want to be in control. We want this to be to our advantage. Jesus, if you'll join us, we'll, we'll back you. But, um, and, and because they were blind, spiritually blind they didn't realize they were in the presence of god and so now they're taking all their efforts to keep the people blind that jesus was trying to help see the truth i mean it's just, that's why i say it's modern day man i mean on a different level but but it's modern day because today the christian tells people about jesus and was right and wrong which we believed what was right and wrong for years and years decades and now all of a sudden what was right is now wrong and what is wrong is now right and the people have believed the lie of the pharisees and hated the truth of god and that's exactly what's happening today as what was happening back then nothing new under the sun nothing yeah I remember kind of stumbling across that truth, just reading the Gospels. I, I try to read through the Gospels in one setting. So if I'm reading Matthew, I begin and, and finish it in one setting. And you read through all four of the Gospels in four days. It's it's amazing. And you see in the different groups and you realize they hated Jesus for this reason. They hated Jesus for that reason. And uh, they thought there were seven different uh, political views. In reality, there was there was two, the right way. In the wrong That's way. That's it. Well, and, and check this out. They back then, right? They were elevating uh, uh, their traditions and their and the point of equality with the commands of God uh, of God in the scriptures. In other words, they're like, "Hey, we're just like God. We're equal with God. We're even with God." And the people were believing it and following them. And the same as today, the government says, "We know what's best. Cover your face." Um, Okay, if you cover your face, it doesn't help, but cover your face anyway because it helps. And if you, I mean, it, and so what, even though that today they are so crazy and upside down and they want what they want, and people ignore the facts and follow the people because they've put them on the level of God, Fauci. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hanging on his every word back last March and April, and then he would do a 180. 
if I did a 180, uh, I'd, I'd be, uh, you would be tossed out. That's right. (laughs) So, so, uh, uh, the Pharisee, what happened was the Pharisees had broken God's commands and, uh, Matthew 15, three through nine talks about that. It says, uh, he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Why are you allowing your desires to trump the word of God? Why are you allowing your evil desires to trump the word of God? Because they knew the word of God and yet they still ignored it for what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Because to be honest with you, if they had traditions, they pushed the traditions on the people, the people followed them. Well, they didn't even want to give up what was normal to them, mm-hmm. whether good, bad, or indifferent. It was normal, and people like normal, even to the point when it hurts them. They still like normal. Yeah, yeah. They'll, choose, they'll trade freedom for security every time. It's just human nature. And well, then- well it, because now think about this: a beautiful example. I don't mean no no offense to anyone, but it's a reality that's hard to argue. You take a woman who's being beaten and abused at home. And then you look and you go, why don't you leave? Why do you stay in that? Why do you allow him to beat you? And you know what they'll say? Well, at least I know what I'm getting and I have a home and there's food there. I'll put up with the abuse. Yeah. So sad. They took their, they gave away their freedom for the security of a home. Mm -hmm. And, And it happens every day, all the time at every level. Yeah. Across the world, throughout history. Just human sadness of human nature. Oh my goodness! Desperation. It, Jesus came to set us free from that kind of that kind of crap. He did. He came to set us free, and for some reason, we don't want the freedom. So he says in three, he answered and said to them, "Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever." profit you might have received from me as a gift of God. And then he goes on in uh, verse six, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. Uh, Of course, I love that because you can imagine how firmly he called them a hypocrite, right? Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah uh, prophesy about you saying these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me teaching as the doctrines, the commandments of men. Whew. Jesus did uh, mess around. Did he? There was nothing politically correct about Jesus. And you know what he was saying is why have you chosen the way of man over the way of God? Power, 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 power struggles, um, and that's that's really doing the work of their father, the devil. God wants to to blind people. The natural man receiveth not the things of this of God. They have to be spiritually discerned. And Satan is the father of all lies. Satan's a murderer from the beginning. Satan has agenda to keep people keeping the Messiah from coming into the world, and then keep keep people away from coming to the Messiah. And he has all these systems in place. He's prince and power of the air. And then Jesus kind of takes a look at what they could see, the blind, leading the blind, laying that as an example. Now look at the different groups of blind blindness. Right. They're politically blind on this issue, blind on this issue, blind on this issue. And what are they all trying to do? Lead people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even see for themselves and they're trying to lead. What is uh, the same. One of the things you talked about Satan, right? Getting involved. And there, there's three ways that man can sin. And we talked about that. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That's only three ways that man can sin. Jesus was tempted in all three ways. Turn rock into bread, uh, um, jump off the, the cliff. The angels will save you. And uh, come on top of this mountain and everything you see, I'll yeah. give you if you bow down and worship me. So the three ways that man can sin vary, right? Jesus wasn't tempted with homosexuality, wasn't tempted with drunkenness, wasn't tempted with pedophilia, wasn't tempted with adultery, wasn't tempted with anything but those three things in Matthew chapter 4. Okay, but if you notice here with the Pharisees, Satan does the same thing with the Pharisees and how he tempts them. There's three things that I marked down here that I thought stood out really well. Um, So... Pharisees had broken the commandments of God. First, 
Uh, Jesus, he points it out, and first he establishes their hypocrisy. Uh, they regularly broke the laws of God uh, while demanding that others follow their, their human-made traditions. So there's pride, right? Do it my way, do it my way, do it my way. Second, they displayed outward piety and lacked true devotion to God and his uh, word. And so uh, the first one was pride, and then here they're like they are... Um, uh, the lust of the flesh is, uh, again, we're going to, we're, I'm, I'm in power. I'm in control. Uh, I am the one. And so now they want it done their way so they can satisfy the, what they want in life. And then the third thing is they were rebellious toward God and they were blind to their spiritual emptiness. So it was lust of the eyes, right? But they were blinded. They, they thought they saw, but yeah. what they saw was really a mirage. Yeah, gain uh, is godliness, they would say. And the thing that common denominator to see that it with all these different groups is there was a, a, quite a financial uh, recompense that they were yes. gaining. You know, they were yeah. using well, that, the that is that that is that lust of the flesh, the outward piety, mm -hmm. because now you're going to give me what I deserve. You're going to feed my, my my flesh the money. Those people all had an arrogance. They all, all wound up sort of getting rich off of uh, the people that they blinded. And then here comes Jesus, who's the polar opposite of all of that. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Yeah. And he, he didn't uh, take from the people he gave to the people. Yeah. And, and I'm reminded here of these, these Pharisees that just want money so they can look great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that reminds me of your, um, Copeland Osteen. <laughs> Right, these would be Multi, your Pharisees, multi-millionaires. These would be your Pharisees, right? Copeland, Myers, uh, uh, Osteen, Warren, uh, Joseph Prince. That dude is a heretic from I've, the word go. Just, I know the other ones. I don't even know if this guy kind of tuned all that out the last couple of years. I Joseph, think no more. Yeah, yeah Joseph. Listen, if you like Joseph Prince, I'm so sorry, but you need to study him out because he's all about prosperity any rate they, they're their modern day pharisees as well so so even if you look at it on the political level the blind leading the blind which we have then you look at it on the spiritual level the majority of all of your televangelists and those who have these massive churches and church followings followings do they're the pharisees they're not even teaching the word of god mm -hmm. i find it so interesting you know, follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one thing for a, a politician to say, hey, send me money. I'm standing representing you and I need your help to re be reelected. I understand that. But when it's somebody in the name of Jesus and they wind up getting filthy rich off of widows, mites being sent in sacrificially to advance the message of the gospel. God told me that I deserve an airplane, so send me $1,000 so yeah. I can have it. Yeah, send me money so God can bless you. I'm like, hey, dude, if you really do that, why don't you send your money to the widows? That's how Jesus did it. That's how he did it. And uh, that's why so many people hate Jesus, because he exposes their hypocrisy, and he does it so boldly. Oh, I love it. Matthew 15, Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 14. And he says this to the Pharisees. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. I love that. Hear, listen to me. Are you listening? Okay, now are you listening? Do I have your attention? Hear and understand. You That's can hear and not understand. Exactly. He goes, hear and pay attention. Hear and listen. Hear and understand. Verse 11. Not what goes in the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man. And he's not talking about vomit. He's talking about what the mouth says because that's what comes out of the heart of man. Yep. The heart is deceitful, the heart. desperately wicked, and it can come out in so many different mannerisms. Jeremiah 17, 9. Are you ready for this? Let me find where this. Jeremiah 17, 9. I have no clue what just happened. Uh, Technology. Yeah. I think that's the one where it says that a man is hard is deceitful and desperately wicked. Yeah, who, yeah, who the shall heart, know it. That's exactly what it is. Is seventeen nine. 
says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then verse 10, mm -hmm. this, I love verse 10 because God's like, uh, you know what? You can get away with deceitfulness and you can get away with, uh, um, leading other people astray. Uh, and people might look at you and go, oh, well, he's got to be good because look, God's blessing him. But God says this, verse 10, I, the Lord, bam, me, the one who created you, little Daryl, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And so God says, I will look at everyone as if they were naked and I will test that litmus test. You know how you take a piece of, uh, uh, that, that paper and you litmus paper, that litmus paper, and you'll put it in to see how high the chlorine is in the, in the pool. You're going to test the, the chlorine in the pool. That's what he's talking about when he says, uh, I test the mind and then I'll hold you accountable. The one thing that, that displeased Jesus the most was hypocrisy. And if you were falling in adultery, he'd just kind of meet you where you are, be willing to forgive you and give you a new, whole new start. If you were uh, a leper, he'd cleanse you. If you're hungry, he'd feed you. And, and listen, so if you're a leper, he'd cleanse you. But if, if, but that, if you are a leper, he will cleanse you. But if you were to go before the governor... He would cast you to uh, your own little island so that you couldn't infect anyone else. Whereas Jesus cleans you up and allows you to have a life. Kind of applicable today. Oh, man. So, so he goes on after he says in 11, not, not what goes in the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man, verse 12. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this thing? You made him mad, Jesus. Like, you're not, like, do you know, Jesus, do you know you just offended the not, Pharisees? You're not making them happy. You're, you just, you're, you just you're, offended you're, Governor Cuomo. This is going to... This is going to cost you financially, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tone it down. Not politically. Can correct. you imagine? I can imagine. G I'm just for a moment going, Jesus going, dude. <laughs> look, they're a flea on an elephant's butt. We don't care. <laughs> they're insignificant to what matters, right? So he says here in uh, verse 13, which I'm just sorry, dude. I'll, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when you said what you said, <laughs> Jesus? Their feelings. <laughs> they might Give try to kill puppy. you. Those, they, they, they can be mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just find that so humorous. Uh, verse 13, Jesus answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Mm -hmm. Who cares if they were offended? They're going to get uprooted and thrown away anyway. They are of no value to me when all they think about is themselves, when they uh, lead astray my people, when they do not have a repentant heart. Uh, they are going to be cast away, cast into hell, leave them alone. They're of no value. You know, one side of the presentation of the truth of the gospel is um, just giving the truth. And then the other side of the same coin is exposing the lies. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Yeah. You know, uh, the reality is what makes a person unclean or unholy, unrighteous. What, what literally makes a person dirty? Matthew 15 and 11 says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out because what comes out is the true heart of man. Yeah. And that what comes out of his mouth, what comes out through his actions, that is what defiles the yeah. man. And they kind of the sleight of hands, kind of the diversion thing. They're kind of the smoke screen. Oh, they didn't wash their hands proper according to the tradition. And Jesus is like, if I can paraphrase it, big whoop. It's not yeah. the external, it's the internal. You get this right, everything else falls into place. Remember when he told the Pharisees? Uh, uh, he said, oh, outward, you're like whitewashed tombs, but inward, you're like dead man's bones. Yep. It's inside that God looks at. It's the heart. You Listen, you can deceive man, no problem. You know how many times I deceived people growing up? How many times you deceived people growing up? Yeah. 
regular part of your life when you're a drug dealer. It's regular, right? You better start, you better manipulate and deceive, right? And then all of a sudden Jesus gets in and you're no longer blind and you go, whoa, that's wrong. And you don't do it anymore, right? And so when, when we look at this, man, these are the Pharisees and God says, listen, your insides are like dead man's bones. And yet people look at you and think that you're somebody because you've taken their money and you've dressed fine and you beat your chest and you look up to the sky like you've done something, but you're nothing. Because inside, you are dead, spiritually speaking. I remember as a, a new believer, so excited about Jesus, the forgiveness of my sins. I have everlasting life. Uh, Jesus is coming back. I'm aware of that. I'm watching the signs being fulfilled. And, and I remember running across this teaching of Jesus, and it was so much deeper than what I realized. I remember thinking, man, my mom's going to be so happy. You know, I, I got saved and I told her mom, I got saved and she got offended. Oh, right. It, uh, it, it frightened her. We got enough problems around here. Don't be yeah, bringing religion into this. <laughs> I know. How funny is it? Religion is a problem. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and we'll talk about everything but politics and religion. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about everything, but what matters. Listen, religion guides to politics. Politics will build or destroy a nation It's all connected. Why do you choose to not talk about that which absolutely makes the most difference in someone's life? Mm -hmm. Because you are going to live your religion out or you're going to die in your religion and you're going to live your politics out or your politics are going to kill you. But we, we were told, oh, be quiet about, be quiet about that which mm -hmm. gives you life or death. I remember the shocking reality and disappointment that this was for me, an 18-year-old kid, my mom is against me now. I did is gave my heart to Jesus and he gave me strength to get off drugs, quit selling drugs to other people. Uh, you know, wow, you straighten your life out. Yeah. And, Overnight. Yeah. No counsel, no tax dollars, no delivered. wasted, nothing delivered. And, uh, and nobody me, wants it. But I got excited about it. I'm, I'm happy. Now I have the audacity to want other people to go to heaven. I want other people to be forgiven. I want other people to have deliverance. How dare you judge them? You know, yeah, because, you know, in order for them to tell them that they got to go to heaven, you got to tell them they're a sinner and they're going to hell. See, that's that's the side of it, that the, there's the presentation of the truth and the exposing of the lies. Yep, yep. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 14, uh, 15, 14. He calls them blind guides and then turns right around again in Matthew 23. Uh, in Matthew 23, 16, he says, woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. They put the money above God. Mm -hmm. Woe to you blind people who keep putting the things of the world above God, who keep it. You know what? That, that's the other thing is this whole government crap. They just, oh, as long as you, as long as you give me my stimulus check. I'm okay. Uh, they already took the money from you, and they give you a little hey. bit back. <laughs> I'm so glad you're giving me back a little portion. Of what you stole from me. And they're happy because yeah. they're blind. Yeah. Just just don't take it next year. Just let us keep our money, and then you don't need to send us any checks. Hey, how about that, right? I want to circle back what would around. You do, what would you do if it weren't for us? Yeah. Yeah. So the same patterns that we see there are the patterns that will follow all the way through history. I remember the shock this was to me. My mom got a little upset with me and then she could see, well, whatever it is, it seems to be real. And at least he doesn't cuss around here anymore. And he's being nice to his brothers. He doesn't call them names. He doesn't hit them anymore. And so I guess I can live with this. And just as long as you don't be talking all about God all the time, it's okay. Well, I felt I was so happy to be forgiven. I thought I'd go back up to the church where I went, you know, when I was a child, I hadn't been there since I, you know, I'm like 12 years old. So six years had passed and I went up to, to meet the minister. He was there. He'd been there for a number of years. I always thought he was a nice guy and uh, kind, and it was a liberal Protestant church. I didn't know what any of that meant. I just know I got Jesus in my heart. Right. This was the minister. I thought I'd go tell him that, hey, you know, I was uh, that little boy that came to Sunday school here, and now uh, I've, I've really committed my life to Jesus, and I feel calling into the ministry. I thought he'd be excited for me. Right. Whoa, he wasn't happy at all. Isn't that crazy? Oh, you're one of those born-againers? I'm like, Yeah. Oh, you need to be really careful, young man. You're getting into something here that this is dangerous. Listen, like, it's not or, like it's a Ouija board, but it's pretty close. Yeah, he he uh, he. It, it it broke my heart. Yeah, 
I, exactly. I, I thought he would be happy. I'm, yeah. I'm hiding God's word in my heart. Uh, this is the church I attended as a child and had an awareness of God, not really too much of scriptures in my heart or anything like that. But I begin to realize that there's a lot of things going on re- religiously uh, in the name of God. And then I discovered Jesus warned us about that. Blind leaders of the blind. And then he closed out the Sermon on the Mount by saying, not everybody who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of my Father. And they say, well, we've done this in your name. We've done that in your name. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That's right. That's right. You worker of sin. I never knew you. Uh, Jesus calls them blind guides in Matthew 15, 14. And then he does it again in Matthew uh, 23, 16. Woe to you blind guides. And then again in verse 24, which I love, verse 24, blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Mm -hmm. You're so focused on all the stuff that don't matter. Uh, uh, And those are your gnats. Those are, they're, they're insignificant. And yet that which matters, the camel, right? And uh, um, it just, I, I don't know, man. They, the world has it backwards. Yeah. But every time with every one of those groups, it was the same. What they were doing was a, a lust for power and somehow financially got them gain at the expense of the people they're guiding. Mm. That's right. what Jesus was exposing. And yes. guess what, gang? It's exactly the same today. And they speak out against those who expose the evil. Right. But that's that's a badge of uh, that I'll wear. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll I take it. I apologize for that. Yeah, because the, the reality is when Jesus says the blind leading the blind, uh, he's just emphasizing the emphasizing the foolishness of the situation. Yeah. We can call out the names of these big, uh, big shot religious leaders that have gotten filthy rich. We could call it the names of politicians that, you know, they're making 150 grand a year. And then 10 years in Washington, DC, they're worth $20 million. It's yeah, like, yeah. Come on. You know, that's not hard to figure out. But then on the other side of that, I'm able to cross the country preaching ar- around America this last 12 years. Uh, and I'm in little towns with uh, small congregations, anywhere from 50 to 250. I, I'm in some larger churches as well, but my heart is so moved by these godly men and women out serving in the spirit of Jesus, sacrificing everything mm-hmm. to present a bright and shining light of gospel love in their town. And one by one, just like you, Pastor John, they're seeing they're leading people to Christ. They're seeing yeah. marriages restored. They're seeing children being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So quietly, God does his work and then you know uh kind of publicly the enemy does his work but the gates of hell shall not prevail against christ church yeah i i love it um you know one of the things about if you have a blind person that has to make it through a landmine you're not going to tell another blind person to take them through it Mm -hmm. only the people with sight should lead the blind uh, with sight, with understanding, so on and so forth. And if the blind lead the blind, usually those leaders are arrogant, prideful, uh, overconfident, and in serious denial about their own sightless condition. So when, uh, and Jesus, of course, he knew it was true when it came to the scribes and Pharisees. And then uh, he tells, he talks about this in Romans two nineteen, and he says, uh, well, let me go to 18. So I get the thing. Uh, let's go to the beginning 17. Indeed, you are called a Jew. So we know right here that Paul is talking to the Jews it says you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God. And know his will and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness. And so the reality is when we look at this, this is literally what it is, is those with sight 
are supposed to lead those that don't understand or, and when I say sight, that's understanding are supposed to lead those without understanding that being of the things of God, obviously very specific in this passage. He's talking on a spiritual level. Matthew is a spiritual level. Uh, the spiritually blind leading the spiritually blind, both are going to fall into a pit. Uh, the pit could be the fiery pit, the lake of fire. I mean, we can keep this on a spiritual level all day long. The reality is, as we look at this, that this saying fits in everything. Uh, the ignorant are leading the ignorant, and, and instead of having someone with understanding uh, teach those who are ignorant. You know, kind of make it a practical application of this. I remember back as a growing Christian Bible college age, uh, Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. And I remember, uh, 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 it wasn't a preacher, it was just a, a, a godly man in the church say that, if I'm seeking counsel, I want to seek counsel from a wise man. If I'm seeking counsel about something I'm kind of spiritually blind about, I want to talk to somebody who's spiritually awakened by. Yeah, but, but people are just looking for people that agree with what they think. That, see, they're not really seeking. They're seeking affirmation. They're not seeking truth. <sighs> they're seeking go. to get their way. I remember this guy, he concluded, something that stood with me. This is like 40 years ago. Um, he said from Daniel, he says, he that winneth souls is wise. He said, so I only seek counsel from people who win souls because if somebody, wow, that's solid. if somebody doesn't win souls, they have no grip whatsoever on the big picture. The big picture is there's heaven and there's hell. The big picture is humanity is going to spend eternity in one of those places. And when somebody has been truly enlightened and has true eternal wisdom, they're going to devote the rest of their life to helping people not to go to hell. Right. And so yeah, those, and, and let me ask you this, where is your, where's your gain by spending your life telling people what they don't want to hear about how to get to heaven? Yeah. The gain is not in this world. It's not in this world. So, so, uh, you know, all right, so let's say we make 40000 a year preaching the gospel. We're in it for the money. <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> I could go out and make 100000 a year, 100000 plus having my own business fixing cars yeah, yeah. or remodeling homes. Yeah. I can make a fortune doing many, many other things with half the headache. Mm -hmm. But That's not our calling. No. And if we were no. unwise... We would do that. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm in it for the notoriety. I'm in it because everybody loves the pastor. I'm in it because it pays so stinking well. I'm in it because I am the hero. I'm never the zero. Uh, I'm in it because I love the fact, I love the challenge of taking 100 plus people, all volunteers, and getting them to work together, and it come out like a song that Jesus wrote. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you uncovered the heart of a lot of pastors right there, John. <laughs> I love all of that. But you think about that. He Moving all those volunteers, dude, is like hurting yeah. cats. Yeah, it <laughs> Just, is. <laughs> but he that winneth souls is wise. And yeah. if somebody doesn't have I love that. the care for people to help them out of the ditch, to guide them. But these people, the common denominator is, I'll do what I have to do to manipulate you, to... Don't, you don't ask those questions. Oh, don't judge me. But the end result is oh, they get rich. How about this? That drives me nuts. Don't question me. Mm -hmm. Don't question me. Don't ask those questions. Man, that's, that, should be, that should be the alarm right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you ask them a question and they never directly answer it. Men love darkness rather than the light. Love darkness rather than the light. Well, well the, the, the verse goes on here in um, Romans chapter 2. And he says, um, talks about you're a Jew. Yep. You know, God's will. You approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of that, the law, which is the word of God, uh, verse 19 and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind being the lost people, right? A light to those who are in darkness. Verse 20, he goes on and says an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. But then he goes on and dude, this is the first, this is the perfect picture. Honestly, if you ask me of, of explaining blind guides, 
Then he goes on, verse 21, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? And he goes on, right? And so uh, we'll finish up here in 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. <laughs> he kind of undressed them, didn't he? He did. Exposed them. And, and, and the reality is the blind leading the blind is exactly that. Paul paints a beautiful picture right here in Romans chapter 2, 19 through 24. Well, actually 17. You go back to the beginning of the, of the uh, context. And he exposes them and says, you know what? You think you're all of that. And you, you know, you arrogant cuss you. You think that you are all of that. You because God chose you because you're God's uh, chosen people, because you have the word of God, because you, uh, you're arrogant and you're supposed to teach everyone else, but you hold them to a standard that you don't even keep yourself, which goes back to the podcast that we did about judge, not lest you be judged. And yeah. we explained all of that. Maybe Jesus could put it this way. You guys are so close and yet you are so far away. You're just using the externals to make yourselves look good and to kind of make other people look bad so that they will need you, lean into you, support you. And uh, Jesus just uh, undressed them there. Yeah, because they really thought that they were the experts in God's law. And, and the reality is they were ignorant of the law's true meaning. You know, it's one thing that, that, hey, I can I can quote scripture and verse, but can I explain scripture and verse? Do I understand it? And that's where they were at. They could quote it, but they didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they created their own. And a, an observation I make about all of that categorically is they were so confident in where they stood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were so confident in it. Yeah, but I think I think that holds, I think it brings back the truth that if you tell a lie long enough, you believe yeah. Believed to begin yeah. is true. Well, he called them also blind, mm-hmm. not just leaders of the blind, but you also are blind. And they were using religious uh, information. Well, they were the result of generations mm-hmm. of false yeah. teachings yeah. or or corrupt position. I see that thing unfolded in in our uh, government today, and it's on both sides of the yep. aisle. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. It's on both sides of the aisle. And there, there's, uh, I think there's people that are well-meaning on both sides of the aisle as well. Mm. They just have an agenda that they're living for. I would say if the agenda lines up with a biblical agenda, then I'll support it. I don't right. care what the political party is. If it's against the biblical order. I know Satan's agenda because God gave it in the scriptures heading towards globalism, a one world government, totalitarianism. So I was talking to, I was talking to a very well-educated man the other day about, uh, globalism. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, dude, you realize this is the agenda, right? Is the, the blind, those who don't believe God and they have their own desires and they're pushing toward a one world government and they want globalism, whereas Trump stands on nationalism. He wants to protect our, our country. And they and the other side wants to sell the country out to the world so we become one whole kumbaya. Yeah. And he went, that is not true. I'm like, do you not read the news, man? Even the lost world says that is true. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it circles back to something you said earlier before, man's way or God's way. We know there's going to be a one world government someday. We know Thy it. kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that it is in heaven. But Satan says, no, it's not going to be his kingdom. It's going to be my kingdom. That's Here's right. how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get rid of the nations. Yeah. I'm going to bring them together into a global government. And 2020 has been like no other year as a segue leading into the totalitarian setting it up government of, of Revelation chapter 13. And so... Just what we're ta- just mentioning this now is kind of the ultimate of what Jesus was talking about then. Right. And it was the same principles then are in place today. It just Satan has been able to to really globalize, if you please, World Economic Summit, yep. World Health Organization, uh, uh, World uh, United Nations, uh, Paris 
world uh, um, environment. Yeah. So the world comes together. And I don't mean that everybody who, who believes that are, are evil people. I don't believe right. that. I believe they're deceived people. Uh, they, well, they have I, their, I, they're evil. They're evil because uh, anybody that goes contrary to God is evil. Yeah, I know on on an earthly level, I get it. I know yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. But they're being l- empowered by the evil one. Yes. and it is an evil yeah. agenda. Right, right. Uh, but I, but I, I want to clarify. I didn't. I wasn't calling everyone out there evil because the reality is, you. anytime anyone goes against God in any way. They're evil. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist. That, that, that was my point. I'm, yeah, not, I agree. I'm not trying to call the, everyone evil. I'm just saying everyone that goes against God, God calls evil. But see, the, the agenda they had, money, 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 mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yeah. The globalists. That, the that was their agenda here. Yeah. It was all about money. Keep the traditions of men so the money keeps coming in. Because the minute you find out about, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Man, I know, this is. It reminds me of of the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church where the priest said only the priest could preach the word of God. Uh, the common man can't or make even sense read of the it, word of God, or even read the word of God. The common man can't, so therefore the common man is not to own a Bible. Yeah. Well, Even you know what darkness. they were, you know what, and that's that the, the blind leading the blind and keeping them there for tradition of men to keep that money coming in. It's the way it was at the time of Jesus. It's the way it has been throughout the church age. We see it in the religious hypocrisy of our day, like they had then, and it's all culminating ultimately in Satan's final uh, global government. Uh, 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 a, a, a uh, what do you call it? A totalitarian government, and it's almost here. Oh, oh my goodness, what exciting days to live! You know, I know because sometimes it's like really scary, but honestly, it's really exciting yeah. to be living out the passages today, right in our face. In our yeah, baby, it's kind of like Jesus knew what he was talking about. Yeah, hold on, because I'm 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 digging the fight that's coming. Right, uh, I, I put down here the tendency to elevate human interpretation of scripture and tradition to a place of equal authority with God's word is a blindness that has afflicted people of every, every generation. generation. Yeah, absolutely. Every generation, nobody is without the inclination. Jesus confronted in the Pharisees is no different from the legalistic traditions and unwritten rules that many churches, denominations, spiritual leaders, and individual believers try to enforce today. Mm-hmm. It's no different. And then when we allow uh, human rules and regulations to take priority over God's word or God's laws, then we lead people astray from the simplicity that is in Christ. And that's what second Corinthians eleven three talks about. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Jesus didn't complicate it. He simplified it and man got scared to death that he would lose his position. So he complicated it. That's why Nicodemus came in at night. He didn't, wasn't quite <laughs> sure. And he didn't want to take the risk of being a Jesus follower. Yeah. It might and, cost him too much. Right. And, and so, and here's the reality. Listen, if we, if we become uh, blind leaders of the blind, we literally heap God's judgment on ourselves and that's what Matthew 23, 13 says. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that is what's happening yep. today. And, man, men should be terrified that, that these, these ungodly leaders are keeping them from heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going in themselves. So they're like, hey, if I'm not going in, you can't go in. It's not a game. It is not a game. Matthew 18, 6 says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. And these are the words of Jesus. I'm telling you, man, uh, uh, God is not playing around with those who lead astray or who cause others to stumble. They will pay a heavy, heavy price. But for those who equally walk away from God, you will pay a heavenly price as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus, uh, he's going to play hardball alongside the enemy. Uh, no, I, I like to paraphrase it this way. 
Ain't nobody getting away with nothing. <laughs> That's right. Ain't nobody getting away with nothing up yeah, around about 40, this place. About 40 years here in New York, that's what happens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nobody going to get away with nothing. That's exactly right. Hey, guys, listen. We must be careful not to let arrogance and denial blind us to our spiritual condition. We must make sure that our vision is clear enough to guide others in their spiritual walk. Likewise, we do well to choose our leaders wisely not for what they can give us but for what they know and understand of that that from god being careful not to follow blind guides who will lead us astray from the straight and narrow path of god's word listen the word of god is truth whether I can communicate that well or not as immaterial, go read it, go study it out, look it up, but do not allow those that say God is not real or those who go against the things of God lead you to do the same because both will fall into the ditch. The one you've chosen as a leader and yourself for following. We have to hold on to the truths of the word of God. It's the only thing that never changes that holds true day in and day out. It's the only thing that leads us to salvation to go to heaven and not to go to hell. It is only through Jesus Christ that that happens. And we've done a podcast on that and that'll be up soon. Uh, Are there many ways to God? But I am going to tell you that if you have a man that tells you Jesus is not true, the word of God is not true. Jesus is not the only way you better run, run fast and run far and then fall on your knees and cry out. God is the only way. And without him, you will remain blind. And if you are blind, you will remain lost and lost people go to hell. I know it's not the most encouraging, but I do hope that it helped you. I hope that this podcast uh, helps you to understand, to realize so that you can follow and, and, and at least look for the light that's going to lead you to the truth. If this has helped you, please like, follow, share, subscribe. And until next week, God bless you. God bless you. And may God richly bless you.